Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. I am joined today by author Christy Wilkins. God sent me a softball of a name I could actually pr pronounce, which I'm pretty <laughs> excited about. We're going to talk today about Christy's new book with Ave Maria Press, Wakening at Lourdes, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. Christy, thank you so much for making the time to spend with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I was just telling Christy that I read the entire book this morning. I woke up extra early um, and I just, it's so good. I just, I loved your sense of humor. I loved your vulnerability. It's, it's really hard to tell a story about yourself. I loved how just before we went live, you're like, so here's my heart and um, please read it. <laughs> and, I think that's such a great um, explanation or description of what you've put here in Awakening at Lord. So tell us about this book. Um, you know, how did you end up in Lourdes? Sure. Um, so the book is a memoir of a pilgrimage that my husband Todd and I took with our youngest child, Oscar. Um, he's the youngest of six. And we went on a pilgrimage to Lourdes with the Order of Malta American Association in 2017. Um, Oscar was one of what they call the Malads, which means the sick pilgrims that the Order of Malta accompanies to Lourdes um, to pray for healing. The way we ended up there, um, so Oscar was about 18 months old at the time that we went, and he had begun having seizures at the age of five months, um, which was unexpected. Like he had been very typically developing until that point. And over the course of the 12 months between his first seizure and the pilgrimage, and it, it was literally exactly 12 months, like almost to the day, oh, um, wow. we had we had really pushed all of the medical intervention as far as we could. And yes, we were asking our community to pray for his healing and to pray for our comfort and our support, um, you know, but we were just walking down the checklist of, of available treatments. And at every turn, the doctor would say, oh, well, in most cases, we try this and it works fine. And then... Oscar would be the 1% where it didn't work, or, you know, or the 10% or whatever. Yeah. And, and so we had really exhausted um, a lot of the options available to him. And 
I also felt like we had exhausted a lot of the spiritual options <laughs> available to me, you know, like the, the family rosaries just weren't cutting it anymore. The intercessory prayer, like I, I, I was grateful when people told us that they were praying yeah. for us, but um, I applied to the pilgrimage almost as a way of, of pushing the spiritual um, approach to, to, to healing and curing Oscar as far as I possibly could, because I knew I had already pushed the medical for like, we had gone second opinions and traveled across the country and tried all these medications. Wow. And we were chasing down all kinds of, of opportunities. And so I was, I was desperate enough really that I was like, okay, God, we're, we're going all in on the miraculous cure. Too. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to go all in everywhere. We're going to try everything, leave no stone unturned. So we applied in November and found out that he had been accepted in February, right around the time of the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. And then the pilgrimage took place that May. Oh, wow. And I remember in the book, you had said like the first weekend in May. So we're, we're actually like almost at the yeah. anniversary because we're yeah. just talking to each other here on, on May 12th. Five years so ago. <laughs> that's crazy. Five years already. Wow. One of the things um, I love that you, you do include in here is a little bit of the history of Lourdes. You talk a little bit about Bernadette. And one of the the, the um, things that you said that really jumped out at me was um, Bernadette's own infirmi infirmities were never healed by the miraculous waters. She died of tuberculosis in her 30s in the obscurity of a local convent. But today, Lourdes welcomes more than 6 million visitors per year to the shrine erected on the site where she once knelt to recite her rosary with, and then you use big fancy words that I can't spell, can't pronounce. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how you pronounce those either. It's it's the local patois that they spoke at, in Bernadette's time. Which means a small young lady. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about, well, first of all, just we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about your trip and Oscar uh, in a minute. But I just my own book is coming out, um, Encountering Signs of Faith, and I got to spend some time learning about Bernadette. And I just want to share, I went to like the whole world, this little tidbit of information I found out was that Bernadette prayed the rosary with our Blessed Mother. She couldn't pray until the Blessed Mother started, and she couldn't even lift her hand until the Blessed Mother blessed herself. And then I thought it was really interesting that the Blessed Mother didn't pray the Our Fathers or the Hail Marys, because obviously she couldn't say our sinners and she would never pray to or about herself because she's too humble. She did the glory bees. But the fact that, you know, I, we do seek um, the spiritual for healing. Like we uh, leave no stone unturned that my daughter is deaf. And, and even though my daughter always tells me, mommy, I'm happy deaf, I'm fine mm -hmm. deaf. You know, there, there's always, you know, at the holy, um, at Good Friday, when we venerate the cross, we have an actual true relic of the cross on there. And I have to tell you, when she comes back to her pew each Good Friday, I lean over and whisper and say, can you hear yet? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such an interesting point. Um, you know, I started writing partly as a way to process what was happening to Oscar, but it turned out it was more about what was happening to me. Like, yes, Oscar suffers as a result of his medical challenges and his disabilities, but I think for a long time, I was projecting my own suffering onto him where he wasn't really having the same kind of, of suffering that I was having. And so a lot of the book is about trying to tease those things apart and learn yeah. to speak about Oscar in ways that were healthy and whole without speaking for him or without putting words in his mouth that were actually mine. 
Um, and, and a lot of the healing journey was about that as well. It turned out, you know, I went there wanting my son to be 100% healed of every infirmity and what ended up being healed and what really needed to be healed was my view of those infirmities and what, what suffering means in the faith. And especially when it happens to an innocent child, like how do we make sense of that? How do we learn to live with that? And I think your example about Bernadette is a perfect one, right? Like she was living in the center of God's will for her life and she suffered and she died in obscurity <laughs> and she's a great saint because of it. But it, it was really about learning that, this is not our home and that we are on a journey to heaven. Um, I mentioned in the book, Cardinal Dolan was there in Lourdes with us that year. And he said over and over again, our whole life is a pilgrimage. Like we are here on pilgrimage in Lourdes, but our whole life is a pilgrimage home to heaven. And this is one tiny slice of it. It's a microcosm of the larger journey that we're all taking. I, I love that you put, I knew this pilgrimage was going to either make or break my faith. So in the end, Christy, we're talking today with Christy Wilkins about her new book, Awakening at Lourdes, out now from Ave Maria Press. So in the end, did it make or break your faith? It it made it completely. It, I can't even say it made it, it remade it. Um, I was I was in a state of utter despair when we went to Lourdes. And, and I talk in the book about how I went almost as a challenge to God. <laughs> like I brought very little faith. I brought a mustard seed, if that. Um, and it was much more about me kind of, you know, crossing my arms and asking God, okay, prove it, prove that you are who you say you are, because I don't believe it anymore. And at the beginning of the pilgrimage, you know, I brought that attitude in and then there were a couple wonderful moments. And then we brought Oscar into the baths and he was not healed. And I had a really difficult time with that. Mm. Um, later that day, we started sort of leaning into the community aspects of the pilgrimage and he received the anointing of the sick. We prayed the rosary in procession with everyone. And that began to crack my heart a little bit. But then later that same night, he got even sicker. He had like a really bad cold when we got there. And so he ended up, you know, needing a nebulizer and all kinds of medications. And so between not being healed in the baths and then him getting sicker that same night, I, I say in the book explicitly, like that was my dark night of the soul. That was the yeah. closest I have ever come to just walking away completely. And I was sitting here in Lourdes in one of the holiest places in the world, ready to just like start a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, and by the end of the pilgrimage, so that was, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, and we came home on Wednesday. And in those three days, God restored everything. And it was primarily through the work of the community, through the prayers of the community, through being in a place where everyone was offering not just their prayers, their intercessory prayers for each other, but offering their suffering, offering the gift of their vulnerability and their weakness to each other. Um, and then the people around them accepting the gift of that weakness and vulnerability with a lot of care and sensitivity and just frankness. Like this, this is what it means to be a human being. And we're all just yeah. going to be here together in the presence of our Lord and, and be human together which is messy. <laughs> um, and so that like the, the crucible of that interaction um, in the presence of the Eucharist, you know, under the mantle of Our Lady, it was like this very heady stew that that just completely restored everything about my faith in, in basically three days flat. 
Well, you kind of bring us on this emotional journey. I kind of went with you from being that despair to then having that moment of kind of elation and then going right back down to the, well, that wasn't what I asked for. Right. That I didn't what are you coming. doing here, Jesus? <laughs> and then you go back up again. I really did feel like I was on this roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotion. And I love that you were able to share some of the stories of the people that were with you. You really felt like you were on this journey. I felt like I got into the cold water with you. <laughs> I felt like it's so- real cold. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> Well, I thought that was also amazing, like how God even gave you that, like they weren't going to put Oscar in the water. They were going to, like you said, the Tupperware that cracked me up, Christy. Like, I didn't go all the way to Lord's for my kid to be dipped in Tupperware. Can you tell a little bit about that story? So um, in the baths, there's separate sections for men and women and then mothers with children. So Todd went by himself to the men's baths and then I took Oscar into the children's baths. And we were there with, as I said, the Order of Malta American Association, and they had brought about 50 malads and hundreds of volunteers to support these malads. And so we had a specified time in the baths. They knew we were coming. Oscar was one of only a handful of kids. And so when we walked into the entryway where you sort of undress and get ready to go into the baths, they said, what's the baby's name? And I said, this is Oscar. And they said, oh, Oscar, his doctors are very worried about the cold. They don't want him to go into the bath. They're worried he might have a seizure. But here we have, this is what we usually do for babies. And they brought out this big green bowl, like plastic bowl. And they said, it's full of the same water. It's very beautiful. <laughs> it was like, no. <laughs> Not what I came no, no, no. <laughs> we, we, we flew to France. He's going in the baths. Um, but the, it, that that interaction came at a moment of very high anxiety for me already. We had had a couple of like weird directional problems even getting into the baths. And so it was just like one weird roadblock and weird question after another in a moment where I felt very vulnerable and very exposed. Like this was the thing that we had come here to do. And suddenly they're offering him Tupperware. <laughs> like, we'll just sprinkle his head. And um, oh my gosh, that was fabulous. Yeah, it there was, was such a great visual. I don't think anybody <laughs> in their life hasn't had a green Tupperware bowl. Like I totally was there. With yeah, like, I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure that's lovely for other people. But no, <laughs> they have a little child size bath that they use, so he, he got to go in. So we're talking today with Christy Wilkins, we're talking about her book, Awakening at Lords: How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. So. Do you, you, you had unanswered prayers, but do you feel you had some answered prayers? Because God always answers our prayers. It's not always exactly always the way listening. we have told him yeah. <laughs> to answer them. The, the thing about God is that often he will answer the one you didn't know you were asking. <laughs> like oh. The one you kind of didn't really want to pray, but he knows the secret desires of our hearts and he knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had gone there intending to pray for Oscar's total and complete healing. And um, that did not happen in the baths. I will say what did happen over the course of the remaining days of the pilgrimage and after we got home, it became very clear that Oscar did experience very real, measurable, like quantifiable physical healing. Wow. Um, So we came home and saw all of his therapists and doctors within a week or two of coming home. And these were people who had worked with him for most of his life. They knew everything about 
his, you know, quirky body movements and his, what his seizures looked like. And every single medical professional who knew him well was working with him and giving me this look like their eyebrows would furrow. And they were sort of listening to me, but mostly like looking at Oscar going, what is going on? And one of his physical therapists at the end of a session wow. looked at me and said, Christy, I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> like he's completely different. And um, so there were all these things wow. that had been milestones we'd been aiming at for him in therapy. And he was meeting them overnight. Like all of a sudden he had been kind of withdrawn from social interactions. And all of a sudden he was babbling back and forth and he was kind of low tone and slumpy. And all of a sudden he was sitting up really straight and we did, um, you know, with any kid in therapy, they always do all kinds of assessments periodically. And so we had a six month assessment for him later that summer. And it was like, like I said, it was measurable. It was like, check, 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 check. Wow. And he has never before or never since experienced that kind of explosive, almost overnight growth. I mean, the difference between the week before we went and the week we came home was like night and day. That's amazing. Um, but the, I think as in the Bible, you know, most of the gospel healings, Jesus performs a physical miracle because he's trying to get people's spiritual attention. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happened there, Oscar wasn't healed. Like he is still who he is. He's exactly who God created him to be. But I feel like the Lord did that for him so that he could get my attention because I felt what had gone on in my heart and I didn't quite trust it. I was like, that's not going to stick this faith isn't like, he didn't actually rebuild my faith. This is not a thing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I saw what he had done for Oscar that I realized God is who he says he is. He can heal us spiritually and physically, but more importantly, spiritually. And that's what he had done for me. And when I saw what he had done for Oscar, I learned to actually trust that and really embrace it. And, and it's remained true over the five years since the pilgrimage. We've had a lot of other struggles in the family and that peace, that confidence in God's providence has really remained. Well, we know the, the, the importance of our spiritual healing because no matter how many times God physically heals us, eventually death comes. Right. Whether it's a tomorrow or a, a 90 years from now, even Lazarus eventually had to die. Died again. But, <laughs> There we go. But, you know, to, but to be able to rise with Christ in heaven, that's the real healing. That's the real glory and the, the hope that we have. And I saw that as I was reading your words and seeing that almost come alive in you, mm -hmm. that understanding and that hope that heaven is the journey. Heaven is the healing, that, that, that faith is what we have to cling to, not because it's all we have, but because it's the most beautiful, important thing. The greatest gift I think God has ever given us is that hope in that of, of heaven. So I'm going to ask, of course, the question I'm sure everybody's asked you already, but how is Oscar now? He's great. He is six years old. He's in kindergarten this year, which is... <laughs> I still have trouble even accepting that. And he's about to be in first grade. So um, yeah, he, he goes to school full time now and he loves it. Wow. He is super social. He's learning to, we're working on communication. Like that's the one thing that we're, we're really hoping that he can um, learn to express himself better because it's clear he's got lots of opinions about the world and his life. <laughs> So he's he's super interactive. Um, he's been medically stable for a long time. We're just we're really grateful. He's been in a good place for a while now. 
that's uh, one of the things that has been very exciting for me as a mother of a child who came with zero language. Mm -hmm. I knew there was all kinds of stuff trapped up in there. Yes. And to see her little by little be able to express herself, her sense of humor, her opinions, her stubbornness now and then um, has been such a joy. Yeah. And, and, and I know that even in her own little way, when I don't understand, I know that God gets you know, like that she's because I've given her that faith. And, and my daughter also talks to her guardian angel, which is pretty neat. Uh, one day she was signing to the air and I was like, who are you talking to? And she looked at me and she's like, uh, my, she signed my guardian angel. Duh. Who do you think I'm talking to? Like, Okay. I love that so much. I was like, even that, like we were able, like maybe I don't completely understand her sign because it's a native language. So it's not always, it, it, I don't speak her native language. I speak American sign language like a hearing person. Um, but to know her guardian angel gets her and it just, it's just a joy. That's so and she beautiful. just got confirmed, just a, a little side note, but she just got confirmed ah. and she got a, 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 a small, a uh, same thing. She got a miracle from St. Gemma Gagani where, for her scoliosis. It wasn't a complete healing, but it was enough that she didn't need surgery. Mm -hmm. And in and, and doing the research for her saint, um, her saint report that she has to give to get confirmed, we found out that St. Gemma also spoke to her guardian angel. So I was like, how perfect God? is that? Right? <laughs> Oh my I mean, God. how many times did God just completely knock your socks off yeah. during, I'm not sure, not just during your trip to Lourdes, but since then. But since, yes, absolutely. Well, and, and I love that you mentioned confirmation too, because I think another thing that we really have taken away from that pilgrimage and we have tried to bring home with us is the fact that Oscar is an integral member of our faith community, right? Like he, he was there as a Malad, he was sort of like, King baby, we called him. <laughs> That's fabulous. But, but he's a member of our parish community too. And so it's been really helpful for us to remember that it's not necessarily just about accommodating Oscar. Like he he belongs there and he needs to be there. So now that he's getting older, it's been um, a blessing and a challenge for us to work with our parish to find ways that he can be integrated fully into the parish life as much as possible. So he's going to go to VBS this summer for the first time. He's starting catechesis of the good shepherd in the fall. And none of us quite know what that's going to look like, but it's so important both for Oscar and for the community that he's present in those moments. Oh my goodness. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's been really, it has been a struggle trying to, because I, I don't always want to be the one that's there to, to help her integrate. Like right. I want her just, so for her confirmation, God is so good. For a confirmation retreat, I was doing the Catholic mom retreat and I couldn't be there. And so we were able to get interpreters for her for the day. And even her sponsor is an, um, a sign language interpreter we met through the church. So she was able to just have that retreat day, that moment in church on her own without me always being there. So, I mean, God always makes a way. And I think that's part of your message. Like, trust in the lord he'll make the way he will make it his way and it'll be perfect even if it doesn't it wasn't what we were looking for it's right. always perfect because it's always god's will and let your community be part of the journey with you i think i think in those situations yeah. you know we're, we're so used to the parish community supporting us with our other children 
And Oscar deserves that same kind of support. It shouldn't always be that one of us has to go with him because in Lords, there were moments where they literally pushed us out the door and said, no, we got this. And so I think that's, that's kind of a clarion call to the rest of the church, right? That, that can't just happen on pilgrimage. That needs to happen in our home context as well. Oscar belongs to everybody just as much as our other kids do. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so powerful. That's such a powerful message. We're talking today with Christy Wilkins. Christy, we just have a few minutes left. At the end of your book, you actually have a discussion guide. And I actually got to this point and went, oh my gosh, yeah, I could read this with other people. (laughs) I was so engrossed in just reading it myself, but I'm like, I could share this. And the discussion guide is on healing power of surrender and community. Mm -hmm. You just tell us a little bit about the Uh, guide and how you really could you see people using and connecting with your book sure um well my husband and I earlier this spring we led the first three weeks of that discussion guide on Instagram and then he got horribly sick and we had to postpone the rest but we've had a little bit of an online discussion about that um I would be remiss if I did not put in a little plug for accepting the gift ministry which is run by Kelly Mantoan and she has a a parent support group. Um, it is for Catholic parents who are raising kids with special needs and disabilities. And I know that there is a member of the parent support group um, who is actually going to run a sort of group read of Awakening at Lords later this month. So if anyone is interested in that, that'll be on um, the Accepting the Gift parent support group. Um, and then often those questions get used a lot when I am speaking to groups about the book. Um, those are kind of the questions that I draw from. And I I organized it around Mary's own words. And one of the constant themes that I keep coming back to in the book are the words, you know, Ece Anchila Domini, behold the handmaid of the Lord, fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, let it be done unto me according to your word, and then magnifica anima mea dominum, which is my soul magnifies the Lord. And so those were kind of the three movements that I felt in my own life in the pilgrimage. And I think that 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 spiritual journey really resonates with a lot of people. Like we have this Mm -hmm. moment where we are broken before the Lord. We say, let it be done unto me. And then whatever comes back, we offer our praise to God in that moment. This is beautiful. And I, I'm so excited to share it with uh, the listeners of For Seeking Heart. I'm so excited to share it with my own Bible study book club group. Uh, where can we purchase the book? I always tell people, first and foremost, please, 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 please go to your local Catholic bookstore. If they do not have it, you can ask for it. Because if you're looking for it, somebody else is too. And they will put it up on their shelves. So other than the book store. Sure. Um, It's available from Ave Maria Press. And if you use the code healing, it's 25% off. Um, And there's actually right now, it's Thursday, May 12th. So for another 24 hours or so, it's on sale on Amazon on Kindle for $4.99. But that's going to end on the 13th. So if you act fast, (laughs) and then, um, you know, if those aren't, if if those options aren't your cup of tea, you can get it at most of your favorite online booksellers. I like bookshop.org if you're not an Amazon fan. I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to check it out. It's for independent bookstores. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. What was the the name again? Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org. See, I learn something new every day. (laughs) Christy Wilkins, thank you so much for your time with us today. I have just loved, I loved reading your book this morning. (laughs) I loved um, just getting that little extra. That's what we love about A Seeking Heart because we get the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Thank you.
We've been talking to Christy Wilkins, Awakening at Lourdes, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith, out now from Ave Maria Press. You have been listening to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless.